Welcome. Thank you for joining us for this new series on conservation stories. I'm Tillery Timmons-Sims, and I'm the Director of Operations here for the Sand Hill Area Research Association. I hope you will enjoy this series as we follow people who align with our values and our mission here of stewarding our land and our water. Thanks for joining us. Welcome, and I'm excited today to be talking to my friend and colleague, Lacey Carter-Varderman. And Lacey and I have been working together for a year or so now, right, on some different projects. And we want to talk today some, Lacey, about how things got started. Well, that's an interesting Time flies is all I can say because it doesn't seem like it's been that long ago till I start to think about it. But it would have been 2006, 2007 when the lesser prairie chicken was first Mm -hmm. going to be listed on the endangered species list. And um, a friend from Texas Parks and Wildlife came to me and needed a liaison to work between Texas Parks and Wildlife and landowners to show that there was a lot of work being done. It's just landowners never, we're not, especially then, we weren't big at telling people what we were doing. You know, we were just doing what we did. And she explained to me what was going to happen if the lesser prairie chicken got listed and Mm, just basically said that it would help if you had a 501c3. And so I just decided, yeah, that shouldn't be a big deal to set up. So got that started. And that was kind of the beginning. Yeah. From there, I, rem- I remember you you got a couple of, of grants, um, mm-hmm. which I think people from our area will be surprised to hear where they came from. Audubon Society, maybe not so much, but World Wildlife Fund is not something that we think of as working in our region. You know what? But they are, everybody that I've met with the World Wildlife yes. Fund um, has been very down to earth. Yeah. A very easy to work with. I mean, we got a $25,000 grant to get a no-till uh, fluffy seed drill to put in mm-hmm. uh, native grass species. And I mean, for a 10-foot, they're really expensive. expensive yeah. And um, so I got that grant, and then I got one from the Audubon uh, Society of Texas. And so now we can hook them together and do 20 feet at a time, sure. or we can just do two 10-foot swaths, which is handy if you need to. I mean, it gives you flexibility. Sure. Yeah. And and um, how many acres do you estimate you guys that you've used those on? I bet you we have done over 50,000 acres with them. Wow. That's, that's just, amazing. But that's been over a, several periods of years. Yeah, I mean, it's been years, a while but now, I mean, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, but still, it's just kind of... Um, interesting that, you know, that conservation effort has kind of been ongoing during the time that you were raising your kids and, you know, something that has been dear to your family's heart for so many generations. And, and I think a lot of us that were raised, you know, in this area, you know, descendants of the people that survived the Dust Bowl, and we care about those things, you know, and a lot of people do. We just haven't had a vehicle in our part of the state to promote conservation really like there is in other parts of the state and particular like you and I've seen as we've traveled all across the U.S. meeting people that are in conservation it's surprising how far behind we are. Well Texas is just severely lacking especially in uh, this part of Texas that the South Plains Panhandle area I mean producers are just so much larger than anywhere mm-hmm. else in the rest of Texas and stuff. And yeah, we have, we're definitely far behind. And then just the state of Texas as a whole, I mean, yes. 
it's amazing all the other people that we've met from mm-hmm. Oklahoma, New Mexico, Louisiana, Arkansas, Arkansas, who doesn't have any budget at all for yes. conservation, right. are beating Texas. Yes. And yeah. to me, that was just absolutely right. baffling because mm-hmm. I remember the first meeting we went to in New Mexico, I was feeling a bit smug and superior. Yes. <laughs> And oh my word, that was an eye-opening experience to find out that, oh, we're a joke. So, you know, what kind of things do you see that those places are doing that we're really not thinking about? I mean, I think immediately of like water collection, like, you know, what we saw in North Dakota Mm -hmm. about what they're doing there to collect water where they have limited rain Mm -hmm. like we do. And I think that's sporadic throughout Texas that you see issues Mm -hmm. like that. But Texas as a whole does not really promote that. Right. Um, But then again, we don't promote a lot of things. Uh, Water collection, just uh, native species being planted Mm -hmm. instead of grasses that are not native to this area, trees that are not native, Mm -hmm. that require so much more water than Mm -hmm. what we have. Mm -hmm. And I see that starting to change a lot with um, different landscapers, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of picked that up. But as a whole, we're still really far behind on a lot of that. And then also the types of sprinkler systems that people use in their yards. I mean, in farming, I think we do a pretty good job as a whole of trying to make sure that we use our water in the safest, most smartest use possible. Right. Um, just because we're so aware of right. the limited quantities of it mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I drive through town right now, and especially because it's been 10 degrees, you see oh, where people's yes. sprinklers have been on, and there's ice Everywhere. going down the road mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it just... Why? Why not change the timers on your sprinkler systems Mm -hmm. and stuff? And Mm -hmm. anyway. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, the other thing I see is, you know, it's, it's part of kind of like part of the DNA in a lot of these states that Mm -hmm. we go to and the farmers that we meet, they're very um, soil, soil conscious, Mm -hmm. you know, um, soil health. But they also, their state is much more active in it and promotes it. Whereas our state soil and water conservation districts are a joke. Yeah, we just don't see, you know, you don't hear about them very much anymore. They've kind of gone by the wayside in some areas. Now, I did meet this last week with a county that's very active, you know, and super impressed with the Mm -hmm. people that were there and the agenda that was on the, you know, uh, for the board Mm -hmm. meeting that, that month was really impressive, you know, and I was super excited, the kind of questions, you know, that we were taking in and to hear that their farmers are calling them saying, what do you know about carbon credits? What do you know about how, how can we expand our markets? See, that's really nice because Lubbock County and several other counties, that's not how it functions. That's not happening. Yeah. And that's not how it's supposed to work. Yeah. But you and I have been at meetings where in South Texas, there's several counties down there that are absolutely amazing. Yes. And what yes. they do with their producers and with schools yes. and stuff. So mm-hmm. there are some, but I've just noticed, like mm-hmm. when we've been at different states, the states function on a completely different yes. Yes. level than what yeah. the state of Texas does. Yes, I think that is really true. It's um, and, it, it, and, you know, it's kind of a shame. I feel like um, it's something that we should be leading the way. We lead the way in so many things. You know, something that um, I've noticed about um, these other states, especially the ones when, like California and New Mexico that are very much more policy heavy, is that, that those really 
over policy, that over involvement, government involvement, I would say, has driven a lot of innovation. It has driven some, but it also has driven people out and out of yes. business. I think there is a balance, balance. in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I look at Louisiana and what Louisiana does. And I mean, they're pretty diverse like Texas. You know, right. we're kind of five states all in one mm-hmm. and stuff. But Louisiana has done a fantastic job. Oklahoma Oh, is, my goodness. Oh, my wow. word. What Oklahoma has done, especially with their road work and tying that into water erosion and Yes. I mean, just we'll have to we've we've made some good friends um, in Weatherford Mm -hmm. with that soil and water conservation district. We'll have to have um, those folks on to talk about the work that they've done. It's exciting. We were there Friday visiting Mm -hmm. with them again about some they're mentoring Mm -hmm. us in some different programs that we're trying to develop. So we'll have to get those on. I think the listeners would enjoy hearing what they're doing in Oklahoma. I think it's just amazing. And I I like that we go and we just visit with people randomly all over the yes. place. I mean, yes. I went left a cotton meeting and just, I was in North Carolina and thought, oh, I'll just pop down to South Carolina. It's only 10 hours. <laughs> <laughs> and um, spent a week or about four days driving around with several different producers there and learning about what they're doing, what they're facing, and how they're approaching it. Mm-hmm. Um because it's just, it's nice to, I like to learn from other people. Yes. I like yeah. to understand or try and understand what other people are dealing with. And then how can we utilize some of that? Right. What can we do right. to right. fix some of our issues by yeah. learning from them? Mm-hmm. So It's true. You know, as we've learned more about, in particular, soil and water conservation district, there's a lot of people that are actually eligible Mm-hmm. to run for those positions um, and may not even be aware of it, especially in Lubbock County. Well, that is a really funny thing because um, I did not know. I've My family's been in agriculture. I'm the fifth generation to run my family's ranching operation. And my husband's family has been farming cotton since it came over from Holland. Yeah. Who knows when? But he knew nothing about it. My husband's 72. Right. Did not even have a clue. Right. Anything yeah. about it. And mm-hmm. when I was asked to be on the board, I thought I was going to be on a different board. It got to that first <laughs> meeting and it's like, what? What is, <laughs> what this? is this? What is this even? But I, it's just sad to me. Yeah. Nobody knows anything right. about it. We don't right. do a good job of telling people. Right. And it's also people have been on those boards for over 30 years and mm-hmm. they expect to pass it down to a child right? instead yeah. of it being to where it's informational for the right. community. Right. Yeah. And I think that's what needs to really change. Yeah. Well, I'm excited about the stuff that we're doing. I'm excited about the things that we've learned and excited really, especially to, you know, introduce listeners to the people across that that we've met mm-hmm. across West Texas, you know, and, and also I think we'll bring in these friends from other states and, you know, but especially they're going to be interested in what people are doing in West Texas that are innovative ways that they're learning how to you know, it boosts mm-hmm. income on the farm or building businesses in small communities. You know, nobody's getting rich, mm-hmm. you know. And um, but that little bit of extra market sure can help. Well, that and I think when you bring it back to the community level to yes. where it's you start working together again as mm-hmm. a community in right. building those bonds that used to be the mainstay right. of just everyday life, but mm-hmm. especially in agriculture yeah. and stuff. And that's one thing that I've noticed where things have really changed in other states is they've gone back to community to where True. it's 
you know, they focused there first and then yes. those changes just right. seemed to blossom right. out. And I wonder if, you know, really, my mom made the comment the other day about how small the world is now. <laughs> and and the world has shrunk, but our communities have kind of disappeared, disappeared in yes. that in the process of that. And, you know, I think it's, it's, um, it's a shame, but something that we can recover. It is. And I think that there's a, a more people wanting to go back to yeah. that local community feeling yes. and yeah. stuff to where you do visit with mm-hmm. people in person again, and not just right. everything right. is a sterile phone yes. call or yeah. something. Yeah. So yeah, it is hard, though. I mean, it, you know, it requires a change of our busy lifestyle, you know, slowing down again. Part of that. I remember we moved from um, from uh, Brownfield. We really mm-hmm. been in Brownfield and we moved north just 90 miles. And, you know, this was 30 years ago. It was funny how different the culture was, even just in that, like Brownfield was much more fast paced. And then where we moved to, which was, up, you know, the Muleshoe area. Mm-hmm. It was so much slower and like there were still like people that had big gardens and, you know, people that were, you know, places closed on Friday at noon. You know, it was it was so odd to us. And that's changed some even there now. You know? Yeah, it's it's changed. We started buying land in Bailey County in 1995 and started moving a lot of our ranching operation there and stuff. And. It, it it has changed in those years, but it's surprising how many of the people are still there. And mm-hmm. it's, I like sparse communities just because yeah. I like, I'm not huge on huge crowds and I like to yes. just look around and see land. But it's also nice to know that, you know, my neighbors, if yes. I need something, they'll come there. and mm-hmm. vice versa. Right. And right. I think that is one of the things that people are missing mm-hmm. and that they, Yes. Really calls to them is Mm -hmm. just that small community, whatever it is. I don't visit with my neighbors every day, but, you know, we wave and yes, there's still that bond. Right. And And those celebrations mm -hmm. my mom was telling me about. She was at a baby shower this last weekend and she said it was just like the old times. You know, there were so many people there and so many gifts Mm -hmm. celebrating the birth of this baby. And, you know, that's just uh, such a, a blessing of being mm-hmm. in a small community, you know, is being able to know your neighbors, you know, and, and to quote my mom again, the other thing about being in a nice community, you have time to get over issues you have with people. And if you live there long enough, you wind up having coffee with them when you're 80. <laughs> yeah. And that's, I think, really, that's a great thing about, you know, this, a small town and just the humanness and being able mm-hmm. to extend those bonds over so many years but we're excited about uh this podcast and Mm -hmm. the people that um folks are going to meet we've a few that we've already talked to writer mike uh matt campbell with west texas meet he's in seagrays and uh i believe he's third generation out there Lacey, is that right i think he's third generation his granddad owned that and him and then his grandson's his grandson's working with him and Um, yes. Yeah, it's a great story. And then we talked to Kyle Bingham um, for quite a while. Um, Bingham's out at Meadow. So they have Bingham um, Organic Farms, Bingham uh, Family Vineyards, and their wineries. They've just opened another winery. So lots going on with them. They've grown some hemp and sesame. If you if it can be grown, they've grown it. They've That's grown what's it. so fun about them is they try all they sorts do. of stuff. I and, love them. They're, you know, they're more than happy to tell you what worked, what didn't exactly. work, and 
Exactly. You know, they're not af- afraid of their failures. Exactly. And I exactly. find that refreshing. That's exactly right. Another uh, friend of ours, uh, uh, Lacey Jowers and Lance, her husband, mm-hmm. 1901 Bison. That's a great interview. And, and we've got some also great footage from their ranch, some beautiful footage. Mm-hmm. So um, that'll be on the website also. And then, of course, we've interviewed you, Lacey, about Carter Key Farms. So yes. that's that was fun. And then what I'm really looking forward to, we've got a roundtable discussion with several um, producers, including you, about different um, things that they're trying, what's working, what's what not working, ideas, how can we collaborate, stuff like that. Well, one that. of the things that really excites me about the upcoming roundtable discussion is you've got people who are organic and conventional. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I love is these gentlemen that we've invited to visit with us, they're they're happy to have a conversation. They're not dead set in any one thing. And that's what makes it so nice is you can have a conversation that explores a lot of different things Mm -hmm. without somebody getting their feelings hurt that you (laughs) don't believe that in just their way of farming. Yes, exactly. It's really important to let people explore and, and, um, be successful or fail either way, you know, and, mm-hmm. but this is a non, no judgment zone. This is a place to come and talk and about it. It's not ideas. a one size fits all That's either. Right. Exactly. It's different exactly. things work in different places for different people. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so we'll feature those producers there. We'll feature them on the round table and then we're going to interview them separately too. So exciting time, some good stuff coming up. It's Amazing to me, all the things that people are doing that yes. we have no clue about. Exactly. And exactly. I love to go and see what other people are doing and just find out a way exactly. that we can make that work here. Exactly. And, well, you know, and to that to that point, you know, if any of our listeners know someone that is doing something, I, I don't I don't know about you, but I don't care if it's even successful. You know, it's time to try everything. But it's also interesting to know what didn't work and to figure yes, out why. Exactly. Because just the difference in farming from Brownfield to Lubbock. Yes. You know, what doesn't yes. work for somebody over there right. could work for us exactly. here and vice exactly. versa. Exactly. And, you know, I just like to visit with people. Anything ag-related, conservation-related, I just... Yes. It yep. calls to me. Yes. It is definitely... Yep. Um, where my heart absolutely tends rural, to be. rural development. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I I care about you know Brownfield, the town that I grew up in, and and Earth, where I raised my kids. You know, and I love to you know if people have know people that are trying new things, or mm-hmm. if they are trying new things, like mm-hmm. contact us. Our email is really easy. It's mm-hmm. just contact at Sarah. It's just S A R A dash conservation. And easy enough. It easy is. Enough. We Let look forward know. to visiting with people and knowing what's going on around us. And hopefully you guys will enjoy some of the people we've met. Absolutely. Well, this is Tillery Timmons-Sims and Lacey Cotter-Vardaman. I hope you'll join us next time. Thanks. Thanks.